0: You're listening to TV Soup Podcast on the Drink 5 Network. My name's David Biggs, here with my co-host Jason Evans, and tonight we're discussing episode 6 of AMC's Better Call Saul, Five O.
1: Feel right to be back at the correct naming convention for the episodes, Dave. Absolutely. This one's five O. Alpine Shepherd Boy really threw me off. <laughs> I looked ahead, and I promise this isn't a spoiler. All of the rest of the episode titles are one word and it ends with an O. Even though five O technically isn't a word, more of a colloquialism. I
0: think we both appreciate colloquialisms here.
1: I think so. So, what do you think season two uh, episode titles are going to be named after?
0: Hmm. I think they'll all end in a different vowel.
1: Ah. Okay. I don't know. I the, <laughs> the
0: naming conventions for this kind of stuff are silly, but you know, uh, I, that's okay with me. I I I actually prefer, I guess, when when there is that kind of a naming convention for stuff. Like, for example, and this is a a silly reference, but like in the Big Bang Theory, for example, they're always calling like something uh, like an ism or like a, you know, it's the same thing every episode is the point. Um,
1: Like Scrubs did that too. It was like his uh, something or other or her this and that.
0: Yeah, I think that's neat. I think it's fun. And it's just one extra little added twist that the the directors and creators and producers can, can throw in there for us. To discuss, and so this one's called Five O, and uh, well, I, what's it's it about? about?
1: The best known Five O in the uh, Breaking Bad universe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start the episode, and it's like most of them in the season. It's in a flashback. Uh, so this one is relatively recent. It is you know three to six months ago, right? So we see Mike arriving at the train station, and he is greeting his daughter-in-law, who we quickly figure out is his is actually his daughter-in-law uh i think a few people might have suspected it was his daughter but i don't think up until now we really knew anything about his family right we didn't know who uh like what kind of kid he had in order to get a granddaughter right
0: no i I don't think so
1: okay uh so this episode jumps back and forth between the present day and that's mike being questioned by the philly cops and mike talking to his daughter-in-law um What the heck was her name? Starts with an S. Do you remember what her name was? Starts with an S. Stacy. Found it. I know. I narrowed it down a lot. Starts with an S. (laughs) Girl's name. Um, So we're either looking at that or Mike's last couple of days in Philly. His last day really is about all we see there, Um, and is very beginning days uh, in Albuquerque is essentially what it is. All the flashbacks probably take place within the same week. Um, So it's pretty obvious in the show when you're in a flashback, they use this like super blue matrix filter. And I mean, it's not like matrix was the first movie to use filters like that, but they were uh, one of the first ones I ever knew about because it was like a green filter when you're in one universe and a blue filter when you're in the other. But this is just blue filter in the flashbacks.
0: Yeah, the show likes to use all the, all the tropes and all, all of the like things that, that uh, older TV series and movies before before them all used. And so uh, I think it's pretty neat, actually. And it's definitely pronounced. It's not like a subtle filter. It's, it's a blue filter.
1: Right. And now, do you remember if they used it on other flashbacks? I, I feel like they must have used it on the Chuck and Jimmy uh, when he meets him in prison.
0: Yeah, I think they could have. I'm not sure. I have to go back and compare. But I think it's important in this particular episode, and I'm sure it's why they used it, is because they were going back and forth uh, between Mike's sort of present day and a flashback. And, yeah. and a lot of times, since he looks exactly the same, you would have no idea unless there was something, uh, another element that was telling you what time period it was.
1: Right, and it wasn't really meant to be like an old, uh, meant to go very far back.
0: No, it didn't go super far back. I'm just saying, like it's it's really going to be hard. It would have been hard for them to go far back with Mike without having a different actor because he's he looks older, like you mentioned before, than he did. Yeah, when I don't he was know what you're going to do to yeah, I don't know so what you, you're going to do to make him look younger. You can't really do anything. He does look a
1: lot older <laughs> when he was on Breaking
0: Bad. I mean, I guess the only thing you could say is that since he was suffering from uh, alcoholism for such a long period, perhaps he was just really rough at that period and and maybe he got it's better slowly getting better later although i guess you know one of the things about this episode is that uh it, it does sort of play into well it doesn't have uh, very much of a connection with breaking bad at all except maybe when you're talking about him dealing with jesse uh some of those uh conversations etc that happen make more sense in the context of him being oh, an alcoholic point. yeah but that's about it. I mean, besides that, there were no crossovers or other characters that I saw. Having
1: given his son bad advice that led to him getting killed.
0: Yeah. Now you know a little bit more about about Mike. And what's interesting is I wonder, as I'm sure everyone else does, a lot of this story it could have been there before, but you really are unsure about whether or not it was fleshed out before the Breaking Bad stuff was written. So I y- doubt it. I think they're probably just working their way backwards. You know, so that working their sure. way backwards from the conclusion, now you can add in things like that based on how the interactions between characters actually occurred in Breaking
1: Bad. They probably have his whole an idea of most of his arc. You know, once they started Better Call Saul, of what most of his arc leading into Breaking Bad would have been.
0: Right, but they they may not have ever envisioned even doing like a backstory on on this guy because they they could possibly have have not uh, known, probably didn't know. That uh, they would have had such critical success with the first...
1: Uh... Oh, of course. I mean, he came about in season three. He was the head of security for Los Pollos Hermanos, like head of corporate security. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically meant he was uh, Gus's go-to guy. Um, so, yeah, they couldn't have known at that point that they were making a character that would become one of the main characters in a, in a subsequent series. huh. Uh so it's kind of told like an old cop drama. It's like the gritty old cop who uh has to who made a mistake and has to redeem himself in a certain way or get revenge. It's not totally typical because it feels like a rather depressing story when you're all done with it. Like it's it's interesting to like get the release uh and the relief of getting all the information out there and putting together the puzzle, but at the same time when you look at the puzzle like and you step back you go Oh, God, this is a like a gruesome story about how three people got murdered and like a family got broken up and a guy basically ruined his life. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy when you look at the whole thing. Um, so, one of the cool things about it, like you were saying, it doesn't have much relation directly to Breaking Bad, but it is really cool for fans of Breaking Bad... Um, when Mike did become a main character by the end, uh, not a main, but uh, a main secondary character, I think is how I described him, uh, by the last season, uh, he was some like a lot of people's favorites or one of their favorites. And it's great to get some backstory on him. It's really gratifying as a Breaking Bad fan. I wonder if people who have only seen Better Call Saul if it was as, uh, you know, as interesting. Do you, do you get that? Impression that it was as good for people who uh, don't know the Breaking Bad backstory on Mike.
0: Uh, sure. Backstory slash future. Well, they have as much as much here as uh, as almost in Breaking Bad because uh, he's involved in almost every single episode and he's sort of the comedy relief. So it's a great. Device for uh, Gilligan and the other creators to use. One of those things where he is such a a comedic element to the show and uh, such a sort of a straight guy. And then you just turn that on its head and you have this really dramatic episode that doesn't hardly have any comedy in it at all.
1: Right. This time it's Jimmy providing all of the comedic relief.
0: Yeah, and there's not very much of it to be honest with you. Um, there's really just a couple moments.
1: It's him dressed as Matlock. Yeah, I'm I, sorry. As uh, what what is it? Uh, some actor dressed as young as young Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Newman dressed as young Matlock.
0: Sure, that, that, it's funny. I, in the coffee, whatever works for Jimmy, coffee is funny. But the most of the show is about uh, the the terrible stuff that happened. Uh, in Mike's past and as an extension his family and then as an additional extension getting Jimmy involved in that as well and it is very interesting they do a very good job of it um, and I I am way excited about this particular kind of episode although I don't think we're going to see a lot of it um, it definitely means we'll see more of Mike though as he begins his relationship with uh, with Jimmy
1: yeah yeah because he winds up in back in present day talking to the detective detectives from Philadelphia and he won't talk to them he demands that he talks to a lawyer with them and uh, he tells them to call Jimmy. He knows that Jimmy will basically do whatever he asked them to do right That's sort of the idea behind why he called him. He didn't call him because he thinks that Jimmy's a brilliant lawyer to get him out of this. He wanted you know he already had a plan in place Mike already like always has a plan in place, right? That's the way it seems.
0: Yeah, he 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 knows how to read people. He's a he's a cop from a long time ago, and uh, and he knows Jimmy. He knows what kind of person he is, um, and he knows that he'll probably help him because he had helped him in turn, and that's that's his whole point. Is is he you know did him a favor, and so now expects one in return, one that's not very large, but could have gotten him in trouble, I suppose. But it's not like Jimmy's uh, any stranger to that kind of trouble.
1: In the, in fact. Uh spilling Jimmy is perfect for him. You know, it's it's exactly the kind of thing that he would do and would be good at doing. You know, it's slipping Jimmy. No spilling Jimmy. He's spilling the coffee spilling Jimmy. Yeah. All right. All right. You'll allow that one. It's it's allowed. Okay. So during the interview, we finally learn a few things about what happened in Philadelphia that Maddie is uh, Mike's son, Matt. And, he was killed when he went to what they call a rat nest, like a crack house. Uh, and he was backed up by his partner and his sergeant. And they, you know, he got killed during that encounter. Mike realizes, uh, like, knew, obviously, that those guys were dirty. Um, so he pulls the coffee stunt. What do they call it? A third rate Marks Brothers stunt. Uh, yeah. And he gets the notebook and he looks at. What the cops have on them and what's cool about that is that um, on the AMC storybook website you can go there and they have like during the storybook when you're watching it. They show you pages from it so that you can actually read it and see what kind of information they have. Uh, it's kind of cool. It basically kind of breaks down some of the timeline of how things happen like Maddie is killed one week later Mike quits the force uh, three months later she uh, you know his wife moves to Albuquerque you know, right around that same time, Mike moves to Albuquerque, all that kind of stuff. Um, anyways, so when he's looking through the notebook, he realizes that his daughter-in-law actually called the Philadelphia detectives, probably tipped them off to the fact that Mike was down there, and obviously they'd want to talk to Mike. They're probably looking for him, and he knows how to keep a low profile. So he was, uh, you know, that's why the cops came down there. And he was really pissed about that, but he does in his moment of anger, um, purposefully or not admit to her that he was the one who was talking to Maddie the night, uh, a couple nights before he died in the like incredibly alarming phone conversation that she kept bringing up. Um, so in, you know, all Mike keeps saying is cause she fought, she tells him that he found, uh, she found $6,000 and she thinks, you know, I don't care if he was dirty. Just tell me and like mike refuses he's like you don't get it it he is uh he's not dirty and he really you know he's driving that point home because he knows that he is and that he wants his son to be remembered as not a dirty cop even though you know that's what ended up killing him uh so anyways back into the next flashback Um, so this is like the grand plan of Mike. Now, at what point in, uh, this whole sequence of events, like going through the bar and then meeting the guys and killing them, did you realize that Mike had it planned the entire time? Um, I, I already figured that like from the, well, it is, I suppose it is obvious because he purposely breaks into the car at the very beginning. I
0: already thought he was planting a gun in there. Uh, I already figured that it was because that's who they were talking about. The flashback scene was directly after they talked about uh, him having seen them at a bar. Um, And and the cops already seemed like they knew that he killed them, just didn't have the evidence. So this is a fairly predictable show for me. But it was okay. It was fun to follow the footsteps. Um, Interesting point of fact, right? So uh, the song that's featured in that bar is Hold On Loosely by 38 Special. Uh Uh-huh. And he kills the cops with a thirty-eight special.
1: Oh, interesting. I was <laughs> I, I liked it because um he was getting drunk. Like I think I think he was drunk in the bar.
0: Uh well he's an alcoholic. He was right. he was pretending to be more drunk than he actually was.
1: Right. But I think the blurred vision and all that stuff, you know, I don't think they would do that if he wasn't actually experiencing something. Yeah. Um, what I think I think he was, you know, he was this time not drinking. To mourn his son, but he was drinking because he knew what he was about to do. Because Mike takes no half measures. You remember your Breaking Bad quotes, no half measures.
0: Yeah, but but he needed to uh, he needed to be sober and be able to hit them, etc. So he must not have been that drunk. Perhaps he was taking that time in the car to sober up. I'm not sure, but
1: well, as soon as they left the bar, he could have basically stopped drinking. Well, he he, he, he didn't did have to keep drinking. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but but I mean, there was there was some uh, inebriation there, of course. Um, and the cops weren't drunk. On the notepad, it says that they were both point oh uh, one um, BAC yeah. BAC. So so there is that um, interesting notepad. Like you said, if you if you look at at the the screenshots of it, you can get a lot of interesting information. Um, they obviously know that it was him that killed them because they're talking things about like, uh, it was personal, shot him two times in the chest. They're talking about Hoffman, I think. And, uh, and some of the other details that were in there and the timeline specifically, this is all about Mike. Right. And they don't have any other suspects. He's the only one. So they're just trying to play it lightly on him. And obviously you find out later, right. That, that he thinks, well, he knows basically that the whole force is dirty. So they're kind of all in on this.
1: In a, in a way, that's definitely true.
0: There's really nothing that anybody can do. I wonder now what happens later. I mean does does he end up like getting arrested? Does it somehow blow over? Is he going to have to like kill another cop? Is there going to be some kind of confrontation? Obviously, he's not in jail for the murder of two police officers because he's in the the subsequent series.
1: I think he did a pretty good job of uh, covering his tracks from there. Like he made it look uh, very. You know, he made it look like they got killed, but he, you know, he even like waited until they pulled his gun on him and pulled the trigger and stuff. Like,
0: yeah, but they, like the, the one guy's holding a gun which isn't his that was reported stolen, um, right. and this obviously means that that someone had uh, either premeditated or or knew who they were because of the way that they were killed.
1: Right, absolutely. So, I mean, who else would it be? Right? And if they know, like they said in the in the beginning of the interview, they know that uh, Hoffman and Fensky were dirty. Then, you know, they know that it's possible that uh, since they were dirty, they might have been the ones who killed Matt.
0: It certainly could be the case. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's interesting how they never sort of bring that case up. But I guess that's not the case that they're investigating. Right, and then it makes it all the more obvious that yeah, they know that it was Mike. They just need to. They got to figure a way to get him now.
0: Well, and Mike knows that from the beginning, too. He realizes that, you know, these guys are cops, too, that he knew and that they were smart enough to figure it out. Uh, And then uh, he knew they probably knew everything that was going on with Maddie and with him and with everything. And uh, it would be difficult to hide from those kinds of people that you've been.
1: Well, I don't think they connected the Mike dot until his uh, daughter in law called them, Uh,
0: you know, perhaps because they would
1: have come after him earlier yeah
0: but there's nothing they could have done. They wanted like some additional connection or dot. Uh, maybe you're right. I mean maybe maybe they thought it was totally unrelated. I just if they had all this stuff written out on the on the notepad, oh, um, yeah, I don't know well, let's assume that 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 is the case though because that that's how they present it here i I am a little worried about you know the fact that he can just steal the police officer's notepad and then sit in the car for like five minutes reading it nobody like notices like
1: well it just looks like a notepad and if the guy doesn't know that it's missing yet yeah but because if he noticed it was missing he would have gone running after mike
0: seems like someone who's that in touch with his notepad which mike knew obviously would have known if there was something missing it's one of those little tiny
1: i don't know why mike wouldn't want to leave right away and it's funny because they like make a point to mention (laughs) sitting
0: there yeah yeah I mean, I guess that, that could be just to prove that he's sort of supremely confident in himself. Could be. Uh but it is un it's a little unusual that they wouldn't just kind of peel out of there as soon as they're free from the police station. I
1: did notice that when they were driving away, they went right through the gate. There was no one collecting tickets.
0: Because he wasn't there.
1: His mic was in the car.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: Unless they saw Mike in the car and just let it up for free.
0: Oh, I guess that's true, too. I mean, you'd think they would have someone there because he, he, he obviously work wasn't working time. that day. Yeah. Well, didn't he? They had someone come and take his place the previous episode. That's true. They like, flagged him down. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> but it, but it's funny. I, I suppose they don't have to stop because it's Mike and because he he is the gatekeeper. Yes. So <laughs> he doesn't have to provide the Trolls don't
1: charge other trolls tickets. There you go. tolls. <laughs> So at the end of the episode, uh, Mike goes back to Stacy's house. That's his daughter in law. And he's basically ready to tell her everything that happened. Uh, and it's a great scene. Jonathan Banks, the, a- Banks, the actor who plays Mike, um, it's got to be one of the best scenes he's had in either show, in this show or Breaking Bad. Uh, he's not always uh, grumpy and rough and just kind of a hard ass and a badass. Uh, he was, you know. Really, really emotional in this scene. He did a great job of it, I thought.
0: Well, you know, a uh, a good actor plays dark, dramatic, and emotional uh, to to form a good ending for a good show. Uh, probably one of the best of the series, just because of the fact that it was more gripping than than the other uh, the other episodes were. However, being that it was it was totally different from the regular storyline and is kind of a departure. Uh, I wonder if maybe they should do more of that. Uh, I realize it has to lead somewhere, yeah. but, but I like this episode. I'm I'm worried it might be one of my favorites of the season. Um, and being that that's not about Jimmy specifically, that kind of worries me.
1: That's interesting. I think that...
0: I kind of like Mike better than Jimmy.
1: <laughs> Mike feels like a more honest character. Well, it's, it's because, because Jimmy doesn't know who he is. I mean, it's that, but it's just more.
0: It's more interesting. Like Jimmy just sort of lollygags and does whatever, and just tries to get out of bad situations. And he's almost like a like a you know a stooge, wandering in and out of uh, these alternately comedic and dramatic situations.
1: Well, Jimmy also makes like elaborate plans to scam people. Sure, he uses his power for evil. I, I, I guess s- technically, so does Mike, but. <laughs>
0: Well, Mike says, you know, freely that he's not a great guy and he he lives with those demons that haunt him and he'll have to live with those for as long as he does uh as long as he does live. Um, but I I'm not saying again, I as I never do that, that this isn't going to be a great show or come to a good uh a good end or anything like that, but I I just worry when the uh when the supporting cast is is sometimes better than the lead. In this case, I suppose uh, Mike should be like that because he is sort of um, someone who has already had all of the things happen to him. Sure, he's much more experienced. And Jimmy is someone who's just having things start to happen. So he's kind of a a novice at at life. At the
1: game that they're about to be engaged in.
0: Right. And, and Mike knows a a lot more about this and is definitely able to be more straight, uh, about everything because he's already experienced a lot of stuff. And because he was a cop for so long, it's sort of the difference between, uh, between like Chuck and Jimmy minus all of the ridiculousness of Chuck.
1: Yes. Before Chuck went nuts (laughs) before the, and we, we had a whole episode with no space blanket,
0: Dude, that's the my favorite thing from this episode, and no
1: montage. So one thing we can be assured of next week is that we'll get both space blanket and montage. I'm sure
0: a space blanket montage, maybe.
1: Oh my god! You, you know, I bet it will be. <laughs> it probably will be, knowing knowing the way this show like caters, not panders, caters to its fans so well.
0: He's Chuck's got to like die or or be put away at the end of this season.
1: I am sure that.
0: He's I mean, got to be put on a that. shelf somewhere. Chuck
1: wasn't in Breaking Bad, so it's not like he lasts forever. Well, right. No. But,
0: but you know, it, it feels like one of those things where they're starting to learn about him. Now they know that he's not necessarily actually afflicted with this disorder based on what happens at the hospital. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff going on and brewing between him and Jimmy and Kim and, uh, and what's the other and lawyer's Hamlin. name? And Hamlin. So you're kind of... Developing tension, uh, building up to a climax. So, I mean, something happens. I'm not sure what. I I haven't read ahead for any spoilers, and I'm not sure if there even are any out there. Um, they tend to keep this stuff under wraps in these sorts of uh, yeah, that's true of teams. But I wouldn't be the best surprised... way to
1: spoil it would be to examine everything that happens in Breaking Bad yeah. and try to link it all. And I think it's silly to do that.
0: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he tries to like if he tries to. Uh, to lash out and and maybe accidentally kill someone or or something like that that that
1: forces them you mean to Chuck? take
0: yeah that forces them to take action
1: to put him in a mental institution or something like that. I mean
0: he's already sort of gone crazy on the police that came over. Uh, granted, we, we talked about this in the previous episode. Um, I mean they sort of broke in on him. There was maybe probable cause, probable cause, maybe not. Yeah, uh, but but still he's he's sort of a little nutso. That is absolutely for certain
1: yes nobody is doubting that
0: and uh and so i don't know i mean best not to dwell on that perhaps but i'm i'm thinking that we'll see something bad happen to him shortly um secretly just because i don't want him to be in series two
1: (laughs) i like the actor but yeah the character is a little uh tough to uh have anything go on with
0: yeah but uh but it's so
1: removed from everything
0: but yeah, seeing Mike break was, uh, was a great moment and, uh, and one that I hope we see uh, see more of. Not, not that specifically, but other characters, um, other sequences of events getting as dark as that one. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, of all the characters that are in the TV series, so which ones are developed enough to even have those kinds of moments? Because um, it's pretty much just Mike and Jimmy.
1: At right. this point, yes. There's
0: really Kim's not developed enough. Kim's not developed enough. Chuck's not developed enough. Hamlin's not developed enough.
1: I don't think that uh we'll get a lot out of like um that family that stole all the money. We might get something out of nacho. There may be like a nacho episode coming well, up.
0: That family is uh is a season long The kettlebacks. Arc, so we'll probably close them up with something, right? being that it's been through multiple episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I saw them in one of the uh, teasers for the next week.
0: So I, I will assume that Nacho and those guys, the Kettleman's, um, are towards the end of the episode is a series as well. And so if this is episode six, then how many more do we have? Is its is it eight or ten? There's ten. So there's only four more there's episodes. four more
1: episodes, right. We have one more month of Better Call Saul.
0: So a lot to build up to, but then... Uh, but then you know uh, more shows after that, and, and there's going
1: to be a season two of Better Call Saul already. So we've got that going for us.
0: So, so what do you think we're building up to then? Do you have any predictions about what could possibly happen?
1: Uh, I think that we're building up to some sort of uh, closure on Mike's case with Philadelphia. I think that before the end of the season or by the end of the season, that will all be pretty much behind us. I think that what we'll be left with is like uh, Chuck. Cliffhanger And um, Maybe something with Like Nacho And Tuco
0: Yeah Well That's certainly possible I hope for something more Concrete or dramatic than that because those characters I just don't care that much about yet. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? I mean, well, there's. you
1: know, it'll take a lot to finish off Mike's story. And then Mike is free in, in a story sense to go and join any one of those stories. And you know he's going to remain a big character, a big part of what's going on going forward. Uh, yeah, well.
0: Because we know that the setting uh, stays the same for, for quite a while anyway. Right. Um, then I assume that they're all just going to still be there. So, so yeah. I think that... Well, I, I don't know exactly. You know, I guess I think,
1: you're right. You, maybe you can't necessarily assume. Maybe he gets written out and, like, is just not really a big part of the show uh, next season.
0: That's possible.
1: Sure. But we could always get, like, Giancarlo uh, Esposito, the guy who played Gus... I think he said today that he would love to come and be a part of Better Call Saul. And that would fit from a perspective of Mike. So Mike would have to be in the show still for that to work.
0: Well, wouldn't they all? You know, if this show keeps making money, they can certainly bring back some other characters too. Uh, Probably have some things on the drawing board. Not that they're going to Have, like, a you know, Breaking Bad reunion, but of course, if this show is successful and it looks like it's going to be, uh, bringing back any of those other strands are are only going to increase the ratings.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these characters met each other in Breaking Bad, so they can't necessarily uh, bring a lot of people back. No, they'd be like we talked about, it could be an obtuse situation, like
0: cameos or or in a strange way. They'll
1: drive past Walter White one day.
0: (laughs) I mean, probably. There's no reason not to do that at some point. That's the sort of the ultimate uh the ultimate pad on the uh, uh, on the butt or whatever for <laughs> for breaking bad.
1: <laughs> the wink and the nod. Uh so I expect a good finish to the season. That's what I definitely expect. And I expect awesome uh shows going forward. Awesome shows going forward. Awesome shows. There's going to be lots of good shows after this one is over.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think we're gearing up for for pretty good TV for years to come. I mean, we, we started doing this at a, at a good time because it was just after, like we talked about in one of the retro Spideyco podcasts. Uh, these shows like um, um, like like Dexter and Breaking Bad and things that were sort of fostering this new um, this new TV, which was on par or better than actual motion pictures. And now that that's already been created, now we just get the creativity that comes uh, after those original productions, and you know those shows like Mad Men ending and Breaking Bad ending, and um, I'm sure you can think of a couple other ones that are coming to their conclusions right. naturally on HBO or AMC or any of these other great networks. Then you're going to have a pool of of writers and actors that are coming available for uh, for more. TV programming.
1: It's a very good point. You know that sort of happened when uh, Better Call Saul or when Breaking Bad ended. You know Mitchell McLaren was available and she wound up directing a few more episodes of Game of Thrones, and they're some of the best ones of the series.
0: Yeah, I mean we have we have shows like Fargo, etc. to look forward to. Oh, but yes, Fargo. But like I said, I, I'm sure we're going to see some more actual uh, new um, TV shows, which is what I'm always excited about because I. I would much rather have the new stuff than the sort of uh, uh, what's the word? Um,
1: just a rehashed. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that's what show. this is. It's a prequel, but um, no, this doesn't. Yeah, this doesn't qualify as a rehash.
0: But yeah, just uh, just new stuff rather than sequels or or things that are. Um, uh, this is
1: kind of unique. They're taking what wasn't. I mean, derived it's from not other that stuff. Unique, I guess. It is a spin-off. Well, it's not unique,
0: no But uh, th- this is not material that was all based on something else uh, It is brand new backstories and brand new characters it's,
1: uh, What's funny is Michael McKean was in, one of the, was in a show that was the ultimate spin-off show He was in a spin-off of Happy Days
0: Oh, yeah? Uh, what was it? Um, I did not watch that
1: <laughs> I thought it was a spin-off of Happy Days, I'm pretty sure it was The, um, the show when he was, when he was Squiggy
0: no, oh, you got me there, man.
1: Ah, now I can't remember. Anyways, uh, thanks for joining us uh, to talk about Better Call Saul. Next week, we're gonna be here talking about episode seven. Um, any more final? Any final thoughts about the this week's episode, Dave? Not really. Like I said, it was one of
0: my favorites. I really enjoyed episode two when uh, they were in the desert and uh, all that stuff happened i prefer the the harder more visceral uh dramatic darker uh touches on this series by far than i do the comedy and sort of great leaps of of, of plot devices like the um what are the name of that family again see i don't even care about them at all the kettleman the Kettlemans. yeah uh, see, I, yeah i'm not invested in them but but if i get some more of this stuff that's what i really want and uh I'm not saying, you know, go totally breaking bad on the on the system <laughs> on the series here. But I really love those little splashes of color on on this uh on this painting, I suppose. Uh but I'm I'm looking forward to all of it. And only four episodes left, so I'm just gonna you know, try not to hold my breath and uh look forward to everything that they uh they have left in the tank.
1: Excellent. Yeah, that was Laverne and Shirley. Is a spinoff of Happy Days.
0: Oh, see, I had no idea. So, see, it
1: could be a really big show that gets spun off. Yeah. Yeah, he was Lenny of of Lenny and Squiggy.
0: That doesn't help me, but I'm not going to go back and start watching Laverne and Shirley.
1: You know, I'm not saying that you should.
0: (laughs) And, (laughs) well, that's for another another podcast when we're like 65 and really bored. Um, We don't
1: like TV these days. We go back and watch television from before we were born.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: That's that's ultimate hipster right there.
0: There you go. They don't make them like they used to.
1: <laughs> All right, Dave. We'll drink five. All right, we'll do. Cheers.